Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen. Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups. It's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Blog Talk Radio. Tune in to Conversations with Dr. D. Yvonne Young. Join America's leading relationship expert, top holistic life coach, and best-selling author, Dr. D. Yvonne Young, along with a diverse team of regular commentators, experts, and celebrity guests. Be entertained while being informed on the issues that affect you most. Don't miss it. Dr. D. Yvonne Young, providing you the tools you need to start living a profoundly extraordinary life. Good afternoon, America. Today is Wednesday, July the 17th, 2013. We have a show for you that, um, just to put it mildly, needs to be done. Moreover, it is a show that almost breaks my heart to do it. As we know, America, uh, we know today that most marriages, at least 50% of them, end in divorce. As a result, there is a fallout associated with these breakups, and that fallout touches the touches everybody, it touches in-laws, it touches friends, it affects our communities, it affects especially both people involved. When people are hurt, what I have found is that they have to lash out. Typically, they lash out in anger. They say and do things that they really have been allowing to surmount for sometimes days, weeks, months, or even years. As we well know, relationships end long before there's a divorce filing or a U-Haul pulled in front of the yard. As a matter of fact, the average relationship, if it's been going on for more than, let's say, 24 months, that relationship started a downslide or erosion that probably kicked in six months to three months prior to someone saying, you know what, I've had enough. I can't take this anymore. When that happens, everyone starts turning from being a companion to a combatant. As that drunken stupor and all that anger sets in, people tend to start picking how to, uh, I would almost liken this to pulling at a scab, getting under someone's skin, scratching a chalkboard, and they do that by throwing things in people's faces. They do that by, you know, some sisters that take the clothes out on the yard and burn them. Nah, that's a lie. I saw that in the movie. If you do that, please, you're probably going to go to jail. But what we do that is the dumbest, the most silly of things is we involve innocent children in a breakup. Kids at that point, go from being that cute little adorable baby that we brought home to being a weapon. We turn our children into bullets and missiles and nuclear devices. And the problem 
that happens when that is done is not only are you being a complete asshole to use your child as a weapon, but let me share this with you, America. I wrote a book, um, a best-selling book called Break Up, Don't Break Down. When I wrote that book, you know, I, I focused on the emphasis and how relationships affected the two people involved. And doing the research, one element that I found particularly uh, just damaged as well as I don't even want to use the word fascinating because fascinating typically would infer that something has an awe of wonder about it, but there's nothing wonderful about involving children in a divorce. But what I did find is that there is no such thing as a kid of any age, and I'm talking about a grown kid, uh, not even a kid or more, uh, an adult, 25, even 30 years old, or a 30-month-old, wherever the child is in the continuum, there is a problem and there's going to be a, an effect that is going to be horrendous on that child. Now, going beyond that, this, this part really, really sucks, is that people will do this with their own kids, but they make light of the fact that, well, you know what, that's not my kid, it's her kid or it's his kid. Well, wake up, smell the coffee, Stepchildren are still children, and they are involved in, if anything, a uh, nuclear or a blended family really suffers damage because more than likely that child has already been through this junk before with their biological parent. So now not only is, are, are children that are natural to this relationship being affected, but adopted children and children that are um, blended into this family, they are equally as devastated because you have upset their life for the second and for some people the third and even the fourth time. So with that said, uh, I'm not going to push this aside any further. I have some very special guests on the show today. Julia, tell us about our guest. Our first guest joining us is Brittany. She's had a really emotional experience with the topic today and just has a story to share that all of America needs to hear. Well, I guess that's a one heck of an introduction. Uh, Brittany, are you on? Yes, I am. Would you, at first I want to tell you, thank you so much for being willing to let America take a look into your life. Um, I'm going to attempt to be as um, aware and as sensitive to this conversation as I can be because I know it is definitely not going to be an easy conversation. However, with that said, I am I, hopefully with your permission going to ask you some uh, questions that are going to be at the very least difficult maybe even some gut-wrenching questions about the nature of this relationship and what went wrong and what's happening. But before I say anything, tell us about you and tell us about your story. How many kids are involved? How old are the kids? How old are you? How old is your ex-spouse? You know, paint a picture for us. Okay. Uh, I am 26, and I got pregnant when I was 16, and married when I was 16, and um, we have two beautiful children together, um, Jordan and Joshua. Um, they are exactly a year and 10 days apart, and um, he was, I was 16, he was 18 when we got married, and um, we were married for almost seven years, and 
Um, basically, it was, you know, our relationship ended in um, he was a drug addict, and he he pretty much, um, if it wasn't drugs, he would gamble away everything that we had. So you get tired of that, and um, you don't want to bring your children up in that atmosphere. So um, we went through a divorce. And I really didn't have very much family here. Uh, my family lives in Iowa and Oklahoma, in Oklahoma. So I didn't have very much family here to help and support me, uh, me being a, a young child <laughs> and growing children myself. So uh, it was pretty hard for me. Um, and he had his family here um, that basically helped us. And um, I pretty much, I had to start over. I had to find a job, find a car, um, a place to stay. And with that said, I, I actually had to give him, give his parents mostly, most custody because I didn't have a foundation stable for my children um, because of wanting to get out of this relationship, I had a lot to go and do and and get through and um i didn't I didn't have very much to offer them at that moment, so I basically ended up um giving them most custody while i found a place and so that was hard that was really hard um and basically now I have my children and it took a long time to get there uh, and get stable when you're when you're growing children when you're children yourself it's kind of hard so um here I am and um I've gone definitely gone through a lot with with my ex and um it's going to be very hard to say but it's good to say so people can um understand what what can happen in the world i guess well i've got a few questions i want to ask you uh thanks for giving us the backdrop what has happened? I know uh, when we had an opportunity to talk about your situation, your ex in the middle of this breakup, you know, you're, um, you had an opportunity to really move on with your life and to start getting um, – hang on just a second. My producer's telling me we're getting feedback. Let me, let's do something about that. So that that there's some uh, situations that have taken place since your breakup, and I'd like to hear your version of what kind of situations have taken place. Okay, um, my children came to me <clears throat> about six months ago, telling me that there were drug use going on at his dad's. And basically, I, I was in shock. I mean, he—I thought he was doing better, and 
Um, they came and said that they saw a big bag of white pills in his room, and they explained what the pills were, and I Googled it, and pretty much how they described it, Xanax came up, and I'm like, is this what you saw? And it's like, yes, Mom, is like a 100 white pills. Well, that began, and I, you know, I... I I warned Joe. I kept the kids from him. I told him, "Look, you're you're not gonna do this. You know, I'm not gonna allow you to do this." And you know, I I made it rough on him. Well, kids like to play both sides. <laughs> when they're not happy at mommy's, they play that side. You know, they play. Um, Joe, if they're not happy at Joe's house, they play me. Um, and one thing that they don't like at my house is that if you're not passing, you're not playing sports. And that's just been my rule. And um, that really tugs at Jordan, my oldest, because he's let me, let me ask you a active. question, because really, excuse me, I don't want to cut you off, but I do want to ask this question. There was an event that you told me about that their dad did in filing or alleging uh, by telling one of your children to lie yes. because you are in a new relationship. You're getting yes. engaged, to my understanding. So tell us, yes. tell us what happened there. Okay. What did your ex tell your child to do? Okay. Um, my ex-husband told my oldest son to lie about my fiancé touching him in inappropriate places. And when I heard this, I'm like, I I always give the kids that. Like, he's never around. Like, I know that type of person because I've, I've, I I suffered that as a childhood in, in in my childhood as well, so I know the triggers. I didn't I didn't introduce them until we were dating for three months, and I know I knew in my heart that this never happened. And uh, anytime I'm bathing them, I, he's never around. I, I mean, I I always did that type of stuff. So I knew in my heart that this didn't happen. Well, he called. So, let me ask yes. you this. How far did this go? I mean, uh, and, and uh, someone yeah. here, I guess, so if you can, please make sure that you don't have your computers on. We're getting a feedback. So if you do have your computer on, please put it on mute. Uh, the producers are sending me messages that we're getting feedback. But what, what I want to ask this question is, did uh, CPS or a police agency get involved when this accusation yes. was made? Yes, they did. And case case was closed, denied within a week. They said, The paperwork literally said case closed, um, denied and as if it never happened it didn't happen um and how i got my son to to tell me the truth was i told him i said jordan we are all accountable for our, our lives i said you know you really know what happened harry knows what happened god knows what happened 
and you are accountable to God for your lie, and you need to come clean. And he just started crying, and he said, this is what Daddy told me to say. And well, okay, I've got to, I need to ask this question. What did Daddy tell him to say? He to- I have it all recorded as well. Um, he told, this was Jordan's exact words, he, that he was just mad at Harry. And so he asked me, he goes, when we get to the house, I want to talk to you. So he took him up to his room and said, you don't like Harry? Okay, this is how we can get rid of him. Are you going to go through with this? And then Jordan just was like, whoa, like, wasn't it? I mean, he's a child, you know. What do you expect him to think, you know? Like, whoa, (laughs) what is this coming from? And he was just silent. Well, then that's when Joe picked up the phone and, and called CPS. And... You know, he, they, the case was closed. I mean, nothing happened to him. So he can get by with Well, well, let's back up. What we don't know, I'm sorry, Brittany, but what we don't know, what did their dad tell Jim to say? He he told him just to stay with the story. Just, um, you... Tell us the story. What was the story he told them? Okay. That um, they were in the bathtub, and Harry came up naked, walked up to them naked, and picked him up and poked him on the buttocks and then set him back down. (laughs) Wow. Okay. But, yes. Okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to go a lot deeper into this story and get some legal opinions. And, Brittany, if you can hang on. America, we're going to take a break for about 45 to 60 seconds, and we'll be right back. You're listening to Conversations with Dr. D. Yvonne Young. We'll be right back in about 60 seconds. Conversations with Dr. D. Yvonne Young. We are talking uh, about using children as a weapon in a breakup or a divorce. If you want to get in on this conversation, call us at 646 478 5610. That's 646 478 5610. We have Brittany on the line. Julia, as I understand, we have an attorney on standby. Could you tell us who that is and can we get him on the line right now? 
Yes, we have holding attorney Beatrice Randall from the Randall Law Group on the line, and uh, business manager Dion Randall is on the line. Okay, thank you. Beatrice, are you on? Yes, Dr. Young, how are you? I am fantastic. Uh, I am going to have to ask everyone, please, if your computer is on, hit the mute button, or if you're on speaker, let's try to get it off. For some reason, we're having a technical feedback problem, so audience, we apologize for that, but we've got to move forward with the show. Beatrice, what do you do when you have a, a spouse that tells a child a horrendous story that an adult walked in the bathroom naked, uh, especially a man telling this to an eight-year-old boy. What are the ramifications uh, legally for that? What can be done? Because this is just crazy. Okay, Beatrice, can you hear me? Can you hear me? Okay, now we can hear you. You can okay, okay. I said a few things. Okay, um, Dr. Young and, and, and Brittany, you know these uh, these are serious issues, and what we try to do, especially with with family separation, divorce, we want to keep the children out of it. Um, obviously, children are smart enough; they kind of are aware of some of the circumstances that are going on. But the goal is to, if there is going to be a separation, at least it's amicable, and uh, the children are the ones that we're most concerned about as far as being affected. A lot of times these things can cause great stress, pain, uh, confusion for the child, and definitely if, if, if one, one thing that all courts uh, recommend and, and a lot of times order is that neither parent uh, one, talk about the case to their ch- children and make any type of disparaging remarks about uh, uh, either parent or either parent's uh, family members as well. So when you start getting into issues like this where uh, one parent is telling a child to lie, uh, there, there are a lot of different uh, uh I guess uh, a recourse that that the other parent can take, and and really it's it's a matter of going to court. And sometimes uh, you have to look at modifying or even re- modifying the current order that's in place. If there's some type of visitation order, uh, modifying that order. In a lot of instances, uh, uh, changing the order where it there may not be any contact with one parent uh, to the child, especially. Uh, when when the allegation is, is so serious of, of some type of sexual abuse or sexual assault, uh, that's something that really uh, needs to you need to go in front of a judge, file a motion for uh, modification, and explain to the judge the concerns. Also, uh, from what I understand, there may be uh, some drug use or some allegations of drug use by the other parent. That's something that would warrant a modification of visitation. If there's a parent that is currently on drugs, addicted to drugs, uh, definitely uh, we do not want that particular parent uh, visiting with the child until they've had an opportunity to get clean. Mm -hmm. Wow. I've got a bigger question for you. Is there a legal course that's criminal in the event that one or both uh, one of the parents is 
alleging something that scandalous, you know, such as uh, drugs or, um, you know, alleged molestation by someone's collateral to the non-custodial or to the custodial parent, can they go to the DA and can they file a charge um, or is that an option? Uh, that that could be an option uh, as as far as uh, uh, I'm not necessarily sure if a crime had, has been uh, committed, but when you're asking a child to engage in some type of of act of of lying, and if they and definitely if they've made a false report to the police, if if the father has uh, coerced the child, or, or I'm sorry, the other parent has coerced the child into lying to the police. Uh, and making a false report, then yes, there would be some type of uh, uh, criminal action that should and could be taken uh, as far as uh, um, uh, making, having the child make uh, disparaging remarks about another parent. I'm sure there could be some civil uh, remedies as well uh, for, for libel or slander, just depending on, you know, if, if, if the other parent was damaged by this remark, let's say, for example, the uh, chi- uh, the parent had the child go to the other parent's place of business, workplace, and make these allegations, and then the other parent was terminated as a result of these allegations that the child made, then the, the parent would definitely have, that parent would definitely have uh, 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 civil uh, recourse because they could prove that they were damaged and that they, they were financially damaged and that they lost their job. Okay. That, that is something that is uh, just straight. I, I can't think of another term other than crazy. What I want to uh, ask, and I want to see if it's um, if this is even plausible, are there times when such things are said and done that cause us to have things that we could have probably done beforehand to even avoid these things? And I guess where I'm going with this, Beatrice, is if you know you're dealing with a damn fool, if you have had <laughs> evidence that, yeah, I mean, seriously, that one of uh, the uh, the other parents is having this type of an issue uh, with drugs, with substance abuse, if the other parent is in a situation where um, they have had a history of exaggerating the truth or attempting to manipulate children to do certain things, what can we do in a, a, let's say, a prophylactic or a preventive measure to make this thing, uh, if not go away, at least get put in check? Well, uh, at at the Randall Law Center, this is one of the issues that we deal with, you know, every day. Uh, where and 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 one thing you have to understand when you're dealing with families and and separation, uh, it's it's going to be emotional. And where you thought one individual may have had all of their marbles and was saying something like this, a divorce, separation of the families can can lead them and, and, and Dr. Young you know can can really have an emotional trauma uh uh on all of the individuals involved. Um so in instances like this where you are aware that that, that where you are aware that a parent has uh, some type of uh drug addiction or, or history of using drugs, 
that that is that is definitely a red flag. And you one, you want to let your attorney know uh, if 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 you're moving forward with a divorce, uh, definitely get some type of legal counsel. Let them know the issues, and then uh, you definitely want to uh, have your day in court. And we always recommend in some in issues like this. I, I believe that they have already been divorced, and it sounds like they may have an, a specific visitation order. This would warrant. Uh, her actually filing a motion to modify uh, the existing order, and in in some instances having requesting a no contact order. Uh, that way, uh, the dad or whatever parent is is currently addicted to drugs is not with the child, does not have visitation, does not have contact with the child until uh, they they get clean. Okay. Um, I do have another question, and this is going to be uh, probably the equivalent of closing the door after the cattle are gone. But when we have situations where they and, – and I do want to remind everybody, please do not be on a speaker and, and don't have your computer on. I think what's happening, Brittany, was we will get some feedback from your line. So if you're near a computer or a speaker phone, kind of move away from it. But I, I mean, this is something I want to ask Brittany first. Uh, Brittany, were there signs that you saw that your spouse was probably going to do this? Like when you engaged this new relationship and you saw that you were happy and saw that you had met another man, it, were there warning signs that you see? Um, yes, but I never even dreamed this would happen. Never in my life. Like uh, what were the warning signs? Um, it was just, you know, him, you know, just being jealous that I was happy and that I, uh, I now own my own business and um, and my fiance helped me with, get to that point, and so he was just jealous of where I where I was and where I'd become, you know, and um, I don't know, I mean, he would just, he would, he would talk mean and hateful about Harry to the kids, um, that was my first sign, um, just a lot of that going on back and forth, and then, you know, of course, the boys are going to come over here and, you know, they're they're going to, you know, put on this show like their dad has taught them. And, and it's sad. It's really sad to me because, you know, there are, there are many times where I see that they, are, they forget all that and they're having fun here uh, with their step-step... Step, um, brothers and sisters, and it's just like, you know, and then they'll click back and, oh, I'm not supposed to be doing this or having fun or, you know what I mean? It's all games, Uh, and it's just really sad that my children have to go through this. Okay, one other question for you, Brittany, real quick. What what did you see in your children that kind of led you to believe daddy told you to tell this lie? Was it one child was acting weird? Was there some behavior that you as a mother, you just picked it up and said, you I know. I just knew. I, I knew here. because 
yeah, I, I, I've, I've been down that road. I've been molested when I was a child, and I know the signs. I know the signs, and I know, I know my fiance, and uh, he is a very private person. He's never like walking around naked or you know all lovey-dovey up on my children and um I always give my kids a bath and I I give his kids a bath I mean it's just that's just the way it is I I I do that (laughs) I don't know and um so when they first said it was he came into the bathtub I, I was just um that I knew came straight from Joe, and it was a matter of, you know, I brought my children up in church, and I, they they were raised in church, and all I had to say was, you know, you're accountable for your lie. Even if Daddy told you to say it, you are accountable, and you need to come clean. And okay, let me do this uh, because I, I, my producer is informing me we have our other guest in. But Beatrice, what advice do you have for Brittany? I think we have a mute issue, Beatrice. Um, oh, I'm sorry. You, I'm, can if, you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you now. What advice do you have for Brittany? Uh, as it relates to two things. One, uh, I know one thing you said is modify the visitation order and what have you, but uh, is there something that she can do like contacting a district attorney or a prosecutor or a police agency to, because from what I see, and in my opinion, that is child abuse. Right, and and I I would agree, um, and, and it creates a lot of trauma for the child, uh, one thing, especially dealing with these issues of, of drug use, uh, uh, one thing that, that I recommend is that uh, uh, it, any type of issues like this, serious issues like this, uh, at least consult with an attorney. She can you know, definitely contact the Randall Law Center or any attorney of her choice and, and contact them because a lot of times uh, uh, it's so emotional, it's, it's best to have an advocate there uh, for you. We, I would recommend uh, contacting uh, the police uh, to let them know that, that uh, her children are being coerced into lying, and, 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 and unfortunately you just don't know how far this, this coercion can go. You know, not only lying, but now committing acts of violence, committing crime. You just you just don't know. So that would be one recommendation is to is to contact a police, uh, some type of police agency. Uh, with the drug use, definitely uh, you can contact CPS um, uh, to have them you know get involved. Their services. One thing about CPS, once they're involved, they do offer services. Uh, to parents that are in need to help them uh, get off uh, get off drugs, stop using drugs, and then finally, definitely, I would uh, from a, from a family law perspective uh, look to modify the visitation or or at some or really cancel the visitation, suspend the visitation uh, be, until uh, these issues are resolved with the other parent. And again, if Brittany is uh, uh, would be interested, she can definitely uh, contact the Randall Law Center and we would be happy to help her. 
Okay, uh, uh, Julia, I understand. Uh, I'm looking at our uh, back line. Uh, Julia, I think our other guest is on. If he is, could you introduce the guest and bring him on, please? We have Daryl calling in. He also has a compelling story to share with the show. Daryl, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Hey, uh, Daryl, how are you doing today? Oh, great. And you? I'm blessed, man. Thank you uh, for doing two things. It's at one uh, goal I had in doing this program is I wanted people to see that it wasn't just men and it wasn't just women that have these issues with a dysfunctional spouse. Um, we know for a fact that stupidity does not come in a gender or a race or a nationality or a religious belief system. It is just some folks are just prone to being a damn fool for less of a reason. Uh, with that stated, Daryl, tell us your story about what happened with you and divorce and your children. Yeah, I went through a divorce, and um, as a matter of fact, I didn't even see it coming. And uh, for, I guess, maybe the last six months of the, before I was made aware of, of my spouse's feeling, uh, I believe that she was setting it up. And to What do you mean by that? Uh, in her mind, I mean, she was already discussing that her heart was cold and that she mm-hmm. was not into the marriage anymore. I'm thinking everything's okay. I knew she was acting a little strange, but didn't think much of it. But as time What do you mean by acting strange? Well, more so on the phone, a lot more often, um, not uh, in the bedroom at all, uh, leaving the bedroom in the middle of the night to talk on the phone. Um, there was no affection. Uh, was totally cut off, and it proceeded to get worse over time. But I thought that maybe, and during that time, I was going through the death of a parent, and I did have a parent that was sick that lived with, had to live with me for a while, and they wasn't too happy about it. But after the death of the parent, it proceeded to get worse. So let and me ask you this. So now your relationship is disintegrating, Everything's going down. You you get hit with this thing. I want to divorce. How did she start using your ch- your children as weapons in this situation? What what did she do? And and how many children were involved? And what were their genders and their uh, ages? Well, I have one boy and one girl. Uh, at the time, I think they were like uh, fourteen and twelve, and. What she would do, she would do things that were contrary to our beliefs. You know, we always did everything as a family. We went to the movies on the weekend. We did family things uh, because I worked a lot. But I would always make time on the weekends to do things with us as a family, as a family unit. Well, it came to the point where she never wanted to do anything anymore as a family. It's uh, all of a sudden in the middle of the week she wants to hang out with her friends on a job and doing things mm-hmm. that she's never done before. She don't want to hang out. You know, it's no going to the movies or no doing anything with us as a family. So I could feel her pulling back, which I really didn't understand. So naturally, I it, it was upsetting to me. And as we got closer to the breakup, um, she informed the kids 
that daddy don't like me to go nowhere and won't let me go anywhere. And that never was the case. You know, my concern was that the change that was coming in the family, and I didn't know why. When I asked her, let's try to get counseling, she said it was too late. And uh, so no counseling was ever attempted to try to find out the root of the problem that we had in our marriage. But what she, how she used the kids, she would sit and discuss the kids, her feeling, and discuss me. And to me, that put a negative uh, spin in their mind and got them to thinking. And by me, by being a man where you're not at home as much, you're always out working. I worked long hours. I worked nights and and days. And my, my what kind of work changed. do you do? I'm an engineer. And mm-hmm. I'm also a college instructor. So mm-hmm. I've always held at least two jobs. Or I've had businesses in the past that I provided for my family. I provided for them very well. And um, pretty much in the past when things were good, she's always had my back. But now when she was done with the marriage, she didn't have my back. And it was it seems as though that the kids were turned against me because the focus was all on her. So and, how did your kids act? What what did you see in terms of a different behavior uh, in your daughter? Let's start with the daughter. What what was your daughter's behavior like, and wh- what was your wife telling your daughter? Well, I can say for my daughter, I just had an incident here just a week ago. They had to spend the summer with me. My daughter, um, I knew after divorce, we've been uh, separated now for right about two years now. And my daughter never liked the the visitations of packing up, coming, and going. She would have a good attitude for a little while, but I knew she was always very close to her mom coming up from a baby. You know, they were always together. And it was a difficult task for her. So I didn't push the, the, the situation of her coming over all the time just for major things like for Christmas, spring break, and every once in a while, I would pick them up because I knew she had an issue with coming. Because when she'd come over, she'd be mad. She wouldn't talk. Wouldn't come out of her room. And it was it was really working on me because I didn't know what to do. And um, but she here just a couple of weeks ago acted out very very uh, disrespectful. Uh, wouldn't do anything I asked her to do. And. Back when we were married, I had an incident with my son, and my wife had my daughter to call 911. My son was slamming doors, and I and I just grabbed him, and she told my daughter to call 911. The police came out, handcuffed me, took me out of the home for that night. They couldn't file. There was no charges being filed because nobody nobody was hit. It's just that I, being a man of the house, I had to let him know that he couldn't disrespect the home. But that was put in the mind of my daughter. Whenever she feels like she's unhappy with me, she can call the law on me. So immediately I have to try to get her phone away from her because I don't need that with cops coming out to my home for nothing because she wants to be belligerent and disobedient. So I tried to take the phone from her. She told me to give her her effing phone. And... And how old is your daughter now? Fourteen. 
So okay. Well, I can tell you this. Being honest with you, um, I'm old school. I, I'm like Bernie Mac. Leave your kids with me. I swear to Jesus, when they get back, you will have the most polite children. And I, I remember going through a similar situation, um, not with my children, but in it, and advising a relative of mine. And I just, I really want people to understand. And and I'm glad that I believe Dr. Carnes. Uh, I just got a message from Julia that Dr. Carnes and Dr. Uh, Julia, if you could introduce Dr. Carnes and let's talk about this. Uh, I would love to bring her in this conversation at this point. Okay. Lending some expertise from the psychiatric field would be Dr. Carnes, Associate Medical Director of United Health Group, United Behavioral Health Optum. Um, Dr. Carnes, are you here? I am here, and it's actually Dr. Carlin Barnes, and I am a psychiatrist with Optum, but I'm also a board-certified child and adolescent psychiatrist in Houston, Texas, and I have a small private boutique practice as well. Hi, Carlin. How are you doing? I'm great. Thank you for the invitation to be with you all today. Child, we need you. (laughs) (laughs) I want to just kind of like go to some different venues on this. We've got the legal thing where you can modify an order and you you can, uh, you know, go and involve a district attorney. But um, you and I kind of catch people from a very similar venues in our practices. And what I want to ask you is what do you tell a single parent, male or female, when the children are exposed to a toxic parent and that toxic parent is contaminating the psyche, especially of a a hormone-enraged child. And what do I – the question would be what do I tell the children or the parents? Yeah, what what advice would you give them from the the, uh, developmental standpoint? Because as we all know, a child that is three may start re wetting the bed and having night terrors. A child that is seven may start trying to put firecrackers on the, uh, and tie around the cat or the puppy's tail. But when we start talking about kids that are in adolescence and pre-puberty and, or, and, the, and the grasp of full-blown puberty and hormones, what is it that these parents should expect so that they can spot red flags as it relates to a parent forming a toxic uh, presentation and and uh, contributing to a toxic mindset in a child. Right. Well, that's a good question, Dr. Young, and I appreciate you posing it. What we have to remember in separation and divorces is that everybody is um, at a loss. Everybody experiences the loss. And the children are no exception. The teenagers are no exception. And so oftentimes what I see, and I'm sure you as well, is that the parents are, you know, in this battle, embroiled in this this sense of negativity, and they tend to forget about the children from the emotional standpoint. Sure, the children are still going to school. They're still being fed. They have a home, oftentimes, as the caller just stated, two homes to visit and live between, but the children are also experiencing the loss, and you're exactly correct, and the loss is experienced and therefore manifested in different ways at each stage of development. And so as your caller was speaking, one thing that, you know, I was struck by is that his now 14-year-old 
daughter is acting out all the things that she's not able to express, which is anger, which is loss, which is um, sadness, grief. And so in age appropriate for a teenager is what we call the externalizing or the disruptive behavior. So you get the verbal aggression, you get the defiance, you get the oppositionality. You know, there may be issues at school, oftentimes around truancy. You know, with girls, you have to, you know, be concerned with sexual promiscuity or sexual risk-taking. Boys it, and girls as well, but oftentimes more commonly with boys, it's experimenting with substances. But the bottom line and the root of the problem is I have lost my family. I have lost the, the sense of security, that attachment to both parents, and I'm hurting. And so that's why it's so important in all cultures, but particularly in African-American culture where, you know, psychologists and especially psychiatrists are kind of seen as when it gets really bad. Well, we have to reach out to our mental health professionals at all stages and all the individuals in the family need counseling, and to keep the lines of communication open because that was another thing that struck me. It's hard to communicate when you have a toxic parent or a parent that may not want to communicate or not even really know the methods of effective communication. However, you know, when you get to the point where the police are being called and, you know, adolescent Teenagers, females, or males cursing out their parents, you know, the communication has broken way down. So you're going to have to do a lot of work to bolster it and to be, get back to that point of effective parenting, effective parent-child relationships, and everybody trying to be on the same page. Okay, let me uh, ask uh, one thing, and, and I do want to apologize. It is Dr. Carlin Barnes with a B, not with a C, so I definitely want to make an apology for that. When we see kids going through separation anxiety is what it's referred to um, as a child starts feeling the tear or the uh, what could be perceived to be abandonment of the non-custodial parent, then this sets up another thing where misery loves company and these parents uh, go from being authoritative to being permissive or authoritarian and they start acting out or or even worse, the non-custodial parent becomes a Santa Claus-like figure because now I want to win the affection back of my child and let them see I'm so wonderful. Are there things that we can do as parents um, that can retard the negative effects of the other parent who is acting a damn fool. I mean, what can we say or what can we do? Because in my practice, what I tell people is both parents need to sit down and tell this child that, you know, this is not your fault. You need to enforce the same discipline in both homes, meaning the non-custodial as well as the custodial parent needs to have the same rules and the same discipline. And so you should never, if you are the in-laws or friends of someone going through a divorce, talk about the child's other parent because you're talking about half of them. But are there other things, Dr. Barnes, that we can do to minimize these ill effects on our children? I think the points that you bring up are excellent, and those are exactly the points that I use to counsel my patients as well. I think that, you know, above probably one of the most important things to a child 
which really helps their sense of security and attachment is stability and routine. And so if both parents can be on the same page as far as keeping a routine and keeping a structure and being dependable, um, you know, it doesn't even sound like much, but if a child is used to you coming to the games and now the fallout from the separation or the divorce is, well, I could go to the game, but it's not my week of visitation or I'm busy here at work, so I'll just see them when it's my, you know, you have to kind of keep that routine and that consistency and that structure. That really helps the child's self-esteem. It helps their ability to begin to um know what's important in their interactions as they become ch- from children to teenagers to adults of what's important and what what's a what's a positive care- character the other thing i can say is that um you really have to keep as we were kind of alluding to earlier the the negative self talk to Nothing. I mean, not even to a minimum, because the parents are, you know, dealing with their own issues. However, that child never needs to hear anything bad mouth about mom or dad from mom or dad, because ultimately, I am you and you are me. And so, you know, the negative talk kind of the child will internalize and they won't even let you know they internalize it. But it will set the child up for the lower self-esteem and the problems that they will deal with in their own life through their own development. Okay, uh, well, I, and I guess one other question for me, and then I'm going to have both my guests, uh, uh, both Brittany and uh, Daryl, think of one question to ask you, but I want to ask one first. This question is, in Brittany's story, what this man said to this child and, and saying, you know, you're telling an eight- or nine-year-old kid, uh, at first you're telling them this deviant act, which is out of is really, really stupid, but you tell this child, go and say this man walked in the bathroom naked, you know, penis out, and that he touched your butt. As a psychiatrist, what could be the long-term passive-aggressive scars, seeds planted in a behavior, or you know the I won't even get into the the sexual imagery and things like that and how that could affect the child. But what are some of the things that we really need to uh, underscore or highlight when someone does something that damn stupid? What 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 is that you would say? Hey folks, this is what you're planning when you go tell your child to lie. And maybe it's not a lie about being molested. Maybe. It's not a lie about someone um, walking around in their birthday suit, but just what kind of long-term passive or passive-aggressive or even aggressive things can be manifested from someone uh, having such a bankrupt moral compass and poor modeling in front of a kid, Dr. Barnes? Well, it's certainly inappropriate, and it's certainly Uh, something that doesn't even need to be tolerated. I think I missed part of the story, but from your synopsis, I mean, our children look to us to be their role models. They look to us to be their leaders. They look to us to be their heroes, and they don't even tell you this. And so for a child to hear that that's an appropriate way to handle a, a situation of conflict or a problem sets the stage for this child to now say, okay, well, if mom or dad figure handles this this way, then 
you know, I have open access or it's okay for me. And then, you know, the main thing that I get, you know, I have a lot of children in my practice that come in because they're acting out in school. And so when, you know, Michael does this to the teacher, mom's enraged and she brings them to my office. But you have to look at mom, how are you behaving? And so while you may think, well, it's okay for me because I'm grown, the child is getting the permission to act how you act. And you're not okay with it because now a third person is involved and they've called your child on it. But we first have to check our own behavior and our own interactions. And the other thing that's really troubling about this is that children develop their personality, obviously, as they grow and they develop their bodies. But their personalities are ingrained from even before they can speak. You know, you're setting the stages for a, what's called a temperament, an attitude, and how you, that, that goes into how a person relates to other people, how they solve conflict. And so something that's troubling and um, such a significant problem is setting the groundwork for how this, this young child is now learning how to interact with the world. And so, you know, the main thing that we see in psychiatry is days lost or ability to not function because of depression and substance abuse and so forth and so on. But people that really just can't go to work and act right and relate to other people, you know, they don't function to their full potential. And that's the goal as parents is to raise individuals that are going to be productive members of society. Okay. Well, I'll say that um I'm going to just go to being good old country Dr. Young. Folks, your children may or may not remember what you say, but they will never forget what you do. Uh, with that statement made, uh, first I'll ask Brittany. Brittany, do you have a question or a comment to Dr. Barnes? And we're, uh, we've got about maybe seven or eight minutes, so just a quick uh, one-minute question and a one-and-a-half-minute answer. Brittany, do you have a question? Um, just basically, uh, I I, I want to keep it from happening again, you know, like, how can I keep this sort of thing from happening again? Okay, and the sort of thing is to be with someone that tells your child something inappropriate? Yeah. I mean, okay, well... You have to be able to first take care of yourself. And we don't always make the best choices when we're coming from a position of pain, um, disempowerment, or depression. So first you have to be able to get a healthy attitude and perspective about your own life because you're right. Our children look for us to be protectors, but if we're not healthy, then we can't make the best decisions on behalf of them because we're not making the best decisions on behalf of our own lives. Okay, Daryl, what about you? What question do you have for Dr. Barnes? I guess the the hardest thing for me, uh, by me not being a custodial parent, um, I don't have a lot of say in what goes on in the household. Um, what can I do to um, cope with the situation? Because there are some things I can't come in on because she has control. If I try to make changes, it causes more problems. So a lot of times now I just let it go and and hope for the best. But what can I do as a parent to try to bring stability to the family? Okay. I appreciate your honesty and your forthcomingness. It sounds a lot like you are coming from or feel, I hear your pain, and it sounds like you're coming from a position of feeling like you're disempowered because oftentimes the custodial parent is the one that's more involved. However, I will say to you, don't 
minimize the impact you have in your children's lives. Even the smallest amount of time may not seem like a lot to you, but your children, as long as it's consistent and stable and they can depend on it and it's healthy and it's positive, that that goes a very, very long way. Okay. Now, that's some that's some really good stuff. Uh, last but not least, I do want to ask one other question. Uh, Dr. Barnes, how can people get in contact with you uh, via the telephone, email, uh, smoke signals, by use of a blanket? How can they reach you and, and uh, get the support and the help they need from you? Sure. I can. Uh, my office number, my private practice number, it's uh, 713 713- Five two one five nine three zero, and I'm also available by email at b is in boy, a r n is in Nancy, and then the word psychiatry. So p s y c h i a t r y at aol dot com. And could you give that number out just one more time? The phone number. Certainly, it's area code seven one three five two one. All right. Thank you, Dr. Barnes. I appreciate you taking time out your busy schedule to join us. And Attorney Beatrice Randall and Dion Randall from the Randall Law Center, could you give us your contact information in case our audience wants to give a call and uh, see you guys to assist them in such needed deliverables? Oh, yes, sir. Um, Absolutely. Uh, And and real quick, I want to say to uh, the gentleman that's on the call that he has the right, the legal right, to discipline his children at all times, whether uh, they're in his possession or in uh, his ex-wife's possession. Uh, he has certain rights under the Texas Family Code that he has at all times, uh, again, to provide welfare for the children, access to their health, education, and to even be able to confer with the other parent. Uh, regarding the child's health and, and well-being, so that that is a legal right at all times. Wait, but, Beatrice, before you give out your information, I want to ask this question. I definitely am old school, so for all you people that tell your kid to go to timeout, I'm feeling timeout, but I'm feeling also like take some timeout, get a belt, and put it on that butt. Um, what is appropriate and legal in terms of corporal punishment uh, with a child so some of my listeners don't get themselves arrested because they spanked a kid that needed a doggone spanking? Right. Tell me, what, what what's the line? Where do we draw it? Right. Well, there's not necessarily – I'm an advocate for, for, for spanking. I know I was spanked as a child, and, 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 and I believe, you know, in that as a form of punishment. It does get a little tricky when you're going through a divorce or a separation just because sometimes uh, that anger or that emotion uh, may not be as a, directly a result as of what the child has done. And so courts – Typically, if, if there's a concern about that, courts may order. They, if, if there's a final decree of divorce or even if it's just a, a suit affecting a parent-child relationship, courts may order that during during uh, this time that there's not any type of corporal punishment just because a parent may be mad at the other parent and then take it out on the child. So 
a lot of times you may see during, you know, temporary orders, which is the period right before the final uh, uh, final decree of divorce has been entered, that a court will order or recommend that uh, there not be any corporal punishment. But I think that if, if both parents can talk and agree, and if that's the punishment that uh, they were initially using uh, when they were together, then they can talk about it and, and, and continue to use it, you know, after. But it is a conversation that does need to happen. Okay. And how can people get in contact with your firm? Uh, yes, sir. Uh, the office number is 832-439-8736. Uh, again, that number, uh, our office number is 832-439-8736. And they can also uh, reach us uh, via uh, our website at www dot the Randall, which is uh, T H E, the Randall R A N D A L L Law Center dot com. So www dot the Randall Law Center dot com. And our services, our legal services, include family law, criminal defense, uh, personal injury, uh, wills, estate uh, planning, and probate as well. Okay, well, I want to thank both of you, and I want to thank uh, my guests, both Daryl and Brittany, for being on the show today. America, this is a very serious subject, and I'm, I hate that we didn't have more time to investigate it, but I do want to leave you with just a couple of thoughts. Number one, when it comes to parenting your kids, make sure, and this, and I'm not going to just leave this with parents. This includes aunts, uncles, grandparents, even friends of the family. Remember, a child is a blank slate, so the things that you say, the things that you do, even the way you behave in front of your child is a roadmap for their future decision-making process. So when your son or daughter grows up and brings home a train wreck, Look in the mirror because you probably were the one that helped create it. The other thing is make sure that as you move forward with your life, you don't leave your children behind. They need, Kids need two parents. It took two parents to conceive them, so it takes two parents to continue to raise them. Allow uh, the imperfections, not only your imperfections, but the imperfections of your uh, ex-significant other to work for you instead of against you. And lastly, my good old country phrase, they may or may not hear what you said, but they will never forget what you did. Anyway, America, you've been listening to Conversations with Dr. D. Yvonne Young. I will see you from uh, sunny Atlanta, Georgia, this Sunday at 7.30 p.m. Central, 8.30 Eastern, and 5.30 Pacific. Until then, if you can't get anybody else to love you, you love you. Thanks for joining us today and have a fantastic week. God bless you. Talk to you soon.
What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.